When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Early second period, Nashville leading Chicago 2-1. Later, Avalanche at the Flames. Anaheim will host Ottawa. The Oilers traveled back from San Jose today. We'll know more for sure about defenseman Alexander Petrovich tomorrow. Doesn't sound like he'll be able to play uh, tomorrow night. I know there's been some speculation. Maybe he'll be out a week, but uh, we'll know for sure once we get the info from the Oilers tomorrow morning. 5.30 face-off show tomorrow game at 7 against the Florida Panthers. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Man, there's been a lot of Eskimos news the last couple of weeks. The new coaching staff. You got Bryant Mitchell going to the NFL. Uh, pardon me, you got Duke Williams going to the NFL. Jake uh, Ceresna goes to the NFL. Mercy Maston goes to the NFL. So there will be obviously some changes on the green and gold. And we're still waiting on the future of Mike Riley, who becomes a free agent next month. And right now there's no CBA between the Players Association and the league. So that's another thing that throws a wrench into things. One guy who will be back, and I, I you know, I wanted to play the the video um but there's too much profanity in it uh so so i thought i'm not even going to play an edited version because it won't sound the same it's a it's a scene from a movie that has a not a lot of naughty language but you can watch it yourself if you follow chad rempel on twitter at remp 82 he did a pretty creative job superimposing himself and some winnipeg blue bomber teammates into the video and he's coming back for another season of pro football Chad, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me back on, Reed. And, of course, uh, I, I'm sure most people know this. Uh, you are a grad of uh, Sal, Salisbury in Sherwood Park. And now, where, where were you born? Because one website says you were born in Saskatoon, and another one says you were born in Sherwood Park. I was born in Saskatoon, but raised, uh, raised in Sherwood Park and uh, obviously graduated Salisbury Sabres. All right, drafted into the 2004 CFL draft. Chet, I've always loved having you on the show before uh, because you're very well spoken. You, you know, you don't mind telling a, a story or two. And we're doing this in in the middle of the CFL off season, so I'm sure you're uh, prepared that this might be uh, slightly more unpredictable interview than how what's your scheme against the Eskimos this week? Do you know the other player taken in the 2004 CFL draft who is still playing pro football? Still playing. Um, I do not. Sorry, he's I, playing this weekend. He's going to play this weekend. Does that help? <laughs> oh no, you got me on that one. LP Latisseur. Oh wow, I did not know that. With the Cowboys, he, yeah. 
He's probably my favorite long snapper to watch uh, in the whole world. Um, how how I, come? I should probably know that one. But, uh, <laughs> I just think he's the best at what he does. Um, he's, he's mastered his craft, and the guy never ever misses. Well, and that's the key to special teams, right? You got to do it every single. Uh, you know what? We had the missed kick, the double doink. When was that on Sunday? And I talked to Sean White on my show on Monday, who I'm sure you you know professionally, right? And he said that's the thing about being a kicker, and it probably applies to other special teams positions. You cannot hide your screw-up. Like if a receiver runs the wrong pattern on a pass play that could have won the game, nobody knows. They just think the quarterback threw it to somebody else. If you miss a snap on the game-winning kick, well, you're the one guy that cost your team the game, right? Exactly. It's uh, it's one of those things where you only get noticed when you mess up. Um, So... You know, I haven't had an interview in about a year, so I, I think I'm, I'm doing all right right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Nobody goes to your locker post-game unless you miss a snap. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Chad Reppel joining us on Inside Sports. I love, too, that you actually have a favorite long snapper, because I'm guessing most listeners don't have a favorite long snapper. No, definitely not. Um, but, I mean, I started out as a receiver, uh, so I had transition, and I had to look for, for mentorship and and study the best and he was probably one of the top five guys that i studied when i was transitioning and uh yeah you know it's being canadian too that's provided me inspiration um as well so he's he is one of the best and we all have our favorites right with whatever we do in life and uh he's one of mine you know, I would love to see you, uh, be, because we know what social media can be like, I would love to see you tweet out your rankings of your favorite long snappers and see if people actually got mad about that. Because you know on Twitter, people will get mad about anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, know. I try to stay away from that stuff. But you know what? You guys have one of my favorite long snappers, and Ryan King over there. I, I'm hoping he comes back. We've had a lot of good snap battles on the field, and uh, another Sherd Park boy. Uh, just a beauty. Yes, well, and another regular guest on this show. So, uh, absolutely, you got something in common. Now, will you? So, what? What is it today? It is January 9th. You haven't played a game for a couple of months. You you won't play a game for about four months or so till you're in camp. Uh, are will you do some snapping on a day like today, or what's it like in the off season? Uh, at this age, I, I try to take some time off um, and just sort of reset my body and and i don't really start snapping again until late february early march and then i ramp up right into camp but uh it's one of those things where um if you do too much repetition you're gonna find little injuries popping up so you know it's an 18 game season you got to maintain that that focus and and uh your body needs to be right so i i try to take some time off now where are you spending the winter I'm in uh, cold, dark Winnipeg. Okay, so you stay you stay in Winnipeg year-round. So when it gets to be February, whatever, and you want to start doing a few long snaps, where do you go and to who do you snap? You know, I uh, I used Florida for a couple weeks. Uh, Justin Medlock, our kicker, he's down there. And, uh, you know, he's got good connections in the NFL, and that's when a lot of the NFL guys start you know, getting back out on the field. So I get a lot of work in with those guys. And I usually come to get some work with, with Ryan King as well. Uh, I come to Edmonton for a week or two. Um, you know, cause to be honest, it's one of those positions where it's tough to get a guy to just come out and catch 30 balls for you. 
uh, you feel like you're annoying them. So I like to work with others that uh, take as much pride in their job as me. Well, if you're in Edmonton with Ryan, you got to try to get me out and teach me how to long snap. That's a deal. Because I That's bet you, I don't. I I I think it would take me, uh, shall we say, many attempts to do a successful one, and it probably would not have the velocity you two guys put on it. <laughs> it, might, it might take you a couple weeks, but we'll get you there. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if I'd have that much time, but I, I'd love to learn some of the uh, some of the ins and outs, and at least try to understand the technique because you make it look a lot easier than it is. Yeah, and you know what we're. We're very obsessed with it. You'd be surprised at the detail. You'd probably look at us, scratch your head, and be like, are you guys kidding me? Um, but that's kind of the nature of, of the position. You have to be very detail-oriented and, and focused, and every little thing matters. All right. So how many, what's, how many, you said 30? You try to do 30 in a day, or what? what's your plan usually? I start at a 30-rep pitch count, and I work my way up to about 100. Um, by the time camp comes around. And then, you know, once camp starts to wind down, I go back down, and from there it's just maintenance. But uh, camp's always a busy time. Usually you have two kickers. you got to service them, so you got to be ready for that. And then from there it's maintenance. Right, because you're doing it on punts and on place kicks, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Chad Rempel joining us on uh, Inside Sports. He's going to be back for another season in the Canadian Football League. And we should... We should point out a, a draft pick of, we were talking about the 2004 draft. You were drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos. What, what happened? How, how did you not wind up in green and gold? Oh, you know, that was, a, that, was a tough, that was a tough time for me being an Eskimo fan. But uh, unfortunately, I had an Achilles injury coming into camp. And Tom Higgins was relieved that year. Uh, and I I'd, I'd went back to U of S. To, to rehab, and when Machocha took over, you know how it is with the new regime, uh, new faces come in, and unfortunately they didn't bring me back, but uh, it's all worked out for the better, and uh, I wouldn't change it. All right. Well, I mean, you've, you've had quite a journey, obviously, uh, through the uh, CFL and, uh, and National Football League as well, so it's been pretty cool for you, uh, and you're, are you going to be 37 by the time the season starts? Yeah, I'm getting up there. I, I kind of stopped counting at, you know, 33, 34. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I just take it one year at a time and I'll worry about my age when when my career is over. Now, what what else do you do, do in, in the off-season? Are, are you a hobbyist? Do you got a, another profession on the side? Do you, do you relax a lot? Tell me a little bit about Chad Reppel away from the game. Uh, well, actually, uh, for a number of years, I... 17, actually, I owned a couple of Booster Juice franchises, and I just recently sold those this past year. Um, I, I had met the CEO, uh, Dale Wishwan, who's from Shored Park, a number of years back, and got into that. And uh, from there, I, you know, I do a little bit of real estate um, and mortgage brokering as well. So uh, I keep myself pretty busy. All right, and now I, I got to go back to uh, life in Sherwood Park, playing football at, at Sal. Who were some of your biggest influences while you were there? Uh, Cam Frazier, the head coach, obviously. Um, my quarterback. I was quarterback at the time. Um, that was our coach Jeff Van Beek. Um, you know, as far as the uh, coaches, you know, those guys 
had a very large influence on me and helped me prepare for uh, university football, which I had no idea what I was stepping into at the time. I was premature. Um, but as far as like pro athletes go, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, those guys were, were my idols at the time. All right. Well, that's so that's how you saw yourself at the time, I suppose. Exactly. I had no idea I would ever snap a ball. I remember in university watching a guy long snap, and I was like, why would anybody ever want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> and now that is you. That is me. That is me. That's that's amazing. Uh, so, okay, so what if you – so let's say you met like a, like an 8-year-old kid who like was new to watching football and you had to describe what you do and why it's cool what would you say oh, that's a great question <laughs> i i try uh, you know uh so i mean i help the kicker put the ball through the post that's probably the simplest way to put it um you know i, I, get, I get paid to you know bend over and throw a ball between my legs well, that's a good way to put it. You help. The, you're getting the you're getting the primary assist on a scoring play. If it were hockey, yeah, a lot of people have no idea what you do. You know, I've I've met you know businessmen that know football, and you know they ask what position I say, and the long snapper they're like, oh, you hut it to the quarterback. I'm like, uh, I'm not even going to bother explaining. <laughs> so, I just let them think what they want. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, well it's it's working out pretty well for you. Hey, I, speaking of a, of a Sherwood Park connection, on Monday, I had Chuba Hubbard in studio uh, who played for Facey, and he's now playing for Oklahoma State. Have you been able to follow him at all? or, or ever, I, I mean, I know there's, you know, you're older than him, but uh, any, any connection there or any interest in what he's doing? I have been following him. I've, I've never met him. Um, but I try to keep tabs on everybody that comes out of Sherwood Park. Uh, as you know, the, the community is always very proud of their athletes, and uh, you know I try to keep tabs. But I'd like to continue to follow him and see where his career goes. That's a big opportunity. Yeah, he, and he's a sprinter as well. He was in studio, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd like to run a ten point one, hundred meters this spring." I'm like, "Oh, only ten one? Yeah. Okay, yeah." <laughs> world-class speed yeah amazing stuff so let me ask you this i we started off talking about the double doink in the philly chicago game that's been the big talker in the in the sports world this year it, it, when your kicker and and you know you got a pretty good kicker right now so he doesn't miss a lot but if, if you're on a team and you're the long snapper you work so closely with the holder and the kicker all year long if your kicker were to miss a big kick like that do you give him space? Do you feel like you got to go up to him right away and give him a hug? Do you, do you talk to him once he decompresses after the game? How would you handle that as a teammate? Uh, every kicker is different that I've worked with. Uh, with Justin, I definitely give him his space. Um, but at some point, you know, we always want to come back, address what might have went wrong. Uh, and we always try to do that privately because those three, the snapper, holder, kicker, it's an operation. It's Sometimes holder bails me out, kicker bails the holder out. Um, you know, and sometimes we do our job, kicker just misses. But, you know, we, we keep that within as much as we can. And then, you know, if we have to work on it next week in practice, that's what we do. But, uh, yeah, so it's very uh, case-by-case basis. All right. Uh, Chad, I just want to quickly read this to you, too. I got a text here uh, to 630-630. That's our text line. 
This person says Tanner Dahl is a kid from St. Albert. He won the Grey Cup with Ottawa as a long snapper. To the best of my knowledge, he's never been on your show. His dad played for the Stampeders. Tanner Dahl has never been on Inside Sports. We'll have to try to get him on. And I think he might have wound up on the Eskimos practice roster, Chad, but I don't know if you know anything about Tanner. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I've spoken with him and helped him out a little bit. I knew a special teams coordinator in Ottawa and have uh, been following him. And, yes, he was on your uh, your roster, practice roster, at some point last year for a few weeks. All right. Um, but he's a good kid, and I hope, hope he can you know stick somewhere. And I always love getting guest suggestions from uh, listeners. Makes my job a lot easier. Chad, you're always great to have you on the show. Thanks for telling your story. Again, it's always entertaining and informative when you join us. And uh, all the best with the off season. And I'm sure we'll talk to you during the season before one of the Eskimos Blue Bombers matchups. Appreciate it. Have a good off season and uh, go Oilers. There we go. Chad Reppel checking in from Sherwood Park, Alberta. Yeah, he's turning 37, drafted in 2004. As we said at the beginning, only two players drafted in the CFL draft in 2004 are still playing pro football. Chad Rempel is one of them. LP Latticeur with the Dallas Cowboys is the other one, and they are both long snappers. So how about that? And Chad showing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Despite being in Winnipeg, he uh, still flies his Oilers colors whenever he can. It is 722 Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, everybody. Fun to have Chad Rempel on the show. Had a good chat with Randy Moeller. We had a very emotional former Oilers season ticket holder call in as well. Ian Mitchell who played for the Canadian World Junior Team. He's from Calhoun, Alberta. He attends Denver University. He's going to be on the show after the 7.30 news. We also have this week's 6.30 Chet MVP coming up before 8 o'clock, so that'll be fun to talk to Ross Shep, basketball player Grayson Youngs. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. Check them out at northchickenyeg.com or visit them in person, 10704, 124th Street. Some of those stats for the Oilers with and without Clefbaum, I think I gave the just the pure win-loss record earlier. With Clefbaum, 17-12-2. Without him, they are 3-8-1. How about the shots on goal in the 12 games without Clefbaum? Uh, 401 against 289-4. That's a gap of 112 shots per game. With like this is really bad per game without Oscar Clefbaum, the Oilers are being outshot thirty three twenty four. I rounded off some of the decimals, but th- like they're only getting twenty four shots a game. That's why I th- I say this is a problem in both ends of the rink. They're not they're not as good as getting the puck out. You know we had Cle- you lose the twenty five minutes. You had Clefbaum back there. 
you lose uh, he was he was getting better on the power play before he got hurt and then also the the forwards don't create enough pressure. I mean, you really you only have three forwards that create consistent pressure. Jason can finish, but the the lines that are at least supposed to help grind it out or gain some territory or those uh, do those types of things are not doing them, and that's a big problem. Uh, Sherry texting in saying, "I find the Oilers aren't playing with urgency and purpose until they are behind." or are two or three goals ahead. I think if they can start off with whatever mentality that is, they can start winning games. I've been a fan forever, and this is what I've seen game after game. Well, they have not started games well, and that the first 10 minutes tomorrow against Florida are going to be very interesting. We had Randy Moeller on the show who calls the Panthers games, and he says they've been terrible to start games. And the Oilers, despite going 2-2 two and two on the road trip, they did not play good in the opening moments of any game. And even in Anaheim, though they wound up with a 3 nothing lead after the first period, they, they weren't very good in the first five or six minutes. Talbot had to make three excellent saves, and then the Oilers were able to, to get it going. So two teams with the same problems. Is one of them going to be able to work through it tomorrow and uh, maybe take hold of that game? 5.30 face-off show. Puck will drop at 7 here on 6.30 Chet. Okay, we got a quick news update, and then Ian Mitchell, who played defense for the Canadian World Junior Team, will join us coming up inside sports on 6.30 Chet. You're listening to 6.30 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Mike texting in. He says, tomorrow will be my very first Oilers game live, and my dad and I are stoked. Personally, my opinion is if the Oilers win five of their next seven games, they will be in great shape mentally to make a run into the playoffs. Staying positive is key, and stats show after a bombed loss, the team strikes right back at the next game. Go Oilers, go. That is from Mike texting 630-630. Well, I was talking earlier about the next seven games for the Oilers critical some teams in there that you would hope they can have some success against if they can get five of the next seven in the win column they would be i think pretty well positioned to play some very important games down the stretch but they uh they they got to get uh, they got to get some points in the bank here if if they if if they're not if they're not in the 9 or 10 point range i i think during six during these next seven games uh it could be pretty tough coming back out of the break NHL tonight, Flames and Avalanche just underway. Late second period, the Predators are up 3-1 on the Blackhawks. Philip Forsberg recently came back from injury. He has his 15th of the season. In about half an hour, it'll be the Senators and the Ducks. This young man just represented Canada at the World Junior Tournament in Vancouver. He's a draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. He plays for Denver University. He's from Callahoo, Alberta. It is Ian Mitchell. Ian, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on the show. We appreciate you making time for us. I know it's it's uh, it's been pretty busy for you getting back at it here after the uh, the World Junior Tournament. And you dove right in and, uh, and played a couple games for Denver right after the, the World Juniors ended. Yeah, yeah, flew right from uh, Vancouver to, to Madison, Wisconsin. Played two games over the weekend for for Denver, so it definitely wasn't uh, you know how it was planned planned originally. Obviously, we wanted to be playing a gold medal game, but uh, I guess it was, was kind of good to put it behind me and get back in a hockey game. 
Yeah, well, obviously, you know, a, a tough end of that World Junior Tournament, Ian, and I, and I know, uh, you know, you're probably still digesting it a little bit, but we might as well might as well start there. I mean, when you look at that game against Finland and that uh, that tying goal, did you, you still have those moments? You know, how in the heck did that did that go in? I know, I know, sometimes hockey comes down to bounces, but I think that was a tough one for everybody. Yeah, it was, it was definitely tough. Just you know, thinking about it, it just kind of ask yourself like why why did it have to happen that way like just kind of wish that it was a better goal than than that to tie it up and you know and then you move on to overtime and i mean for us i thought we put it behind us pretty well just knowing that we still have a chance to win the game in overtime and geez we had our chances like penalty shot and then wide open that broken stick and and they come come right back down and score a goal that hits our stick and, and goes over mikey so just the the sequence of events that that happened there is just, I mean, really tough to, to kind of swallow, and uh, yeah, just, just, you just wish that you know it happened a different way. Just, yeah, just really tough, tough kind of way to lose lose a tournament like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, what was the whole experience like? You, I mean, it, it happened so quick, right? I mean, you you go to the to the camp, you're on the team, you got two or three pre-tournament games, and you dive right into the tournament, which is a, a high-pressure situation for the team, especially with it being uh, played in Canada. What were some of the keys for you to sort of getting through that month? Probably the constant scrutiny, the constant uh, you know pressure you you probably were dealing with at, at sometimes as well. How do you feel you? some of this the secrets to, to moving through that and keeping focused uh, I think a big one for us is as a team we, we logged out of Twitter and Instagram just trying to seclude ourselves kind of as much as we could because we knew that you know the media and, and other people would be saying a lot of stuff good and bad you know about our performance so uh, it's, you know a lot of times it's, it's it's not good to look on Twitter after a game and, and see what people are saying about you so uh, I think that's that really kind of helped us deal with you know, obviously the pressure of, of playing in Canada for the you know, the World Junior Tournament. So that's kind of a you know a big way that I thought that that we kind of handled the you know the stress of everything. You know, unfortunately, the social media side of this, Ian, be- became a story afterwards because obviously, unfortunately, your captain, Max Comtois, got some really nasty stuff. And I still think this is a, a, a small minority of fans who unfortunately got some attention. But, you know, when you see that and how he handled it, you know, what would your message be to, to, to people about a teammate going through some of that? Yeah, I guess it's no one deserves to to have that kind of those kind of things said to them and you know it's uh it's kind of unfortunate that 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 happened obviously max was was our captain and you know he's our captain for a reason he's a great player and a great leader and i mean obviously the way that uh the game unfolded with the penalty shot it you know if he ends up scoring you become a hero so uh you know it's, it's i don't know it's not the best thing that to to try and scrutinize players like that and attack them like that so you know, after the game, when we were kind of reading through with Max, I mean, he was he was pretty good about trying to laugh at some of the stuff. But I mean, other times it's pretty hard stuff that some of the people were saying. So, uh, you know, for him, I think he handled it pretty well. 
Ian Mitchell joining us on Inside Sports, defenseman at Denver University and, of course, a member of the Canadian World Junior Team this year in Vancouver and a, uh, a proud native of Callahoo, Alberta. And i got to go down the small town road here, Ian, uh, being a guy who uh, grew up in, in one myself in, in Evansburg. Uh, tell me a little bit right. about the, the minor hockey experience in, in Callahoo and uh, working your way up through the system. I mean, was there, I mean, you're playing, obviously, at an elite level now, but I imagine when you're you know, 9, 10, 11, whatever in Calhoun, you might be dreaming of playing for the World Juniors, but uh, you probably felt a long way from maybe becoming a reality. Yeah, no, it did for sure. I know that uh, kind of the, the line my mom always uses is that you know, I'm just a little kid from Calhoun. Just, I mean, what are the chances that you know I'd have the opportunity to represent Canada on in the World Junior stage? So, uh, but yeah, for me, growing up in Calhoun is, I think, could have been the best thing for my development. I know that. Uh, you know, I just kind of, I got to be the guy and always have the puck in my stick for, for the majority of the time. So I think that's kind of where I developed a lot of, a lot of the puck skills and, you know, confidence that, that uh, kind of allowed me to, to be successful. So uh, I know that uh, growing up, sometimes there was always kind of a, a decision where, you know, do I need to, to move away to play higher level or, or what? But I mean, for, for me and, and my family, was, I think that was honestly the, the best decision for me is just to, you know, play real hockey and, you know, have a lot of ice time, make great friends and kind of grow up in, in that small town environment, which, you know, I still uh, still have a lot of friends from, from those days playing in Cali. So uh, it, was, it was really special and, you know, I, I love living there. Now, who's, who was Calahoo's big rival, Ian? Who was that other small town you always got uh, up to play against? Yeah, for us, uh, it was probably Riviera, Quabar and, and Marathorpe. We always ran into Marathorpe and and provincial playdowns to to get to the tournament. So, so I think those were probably the the big two. All right. Well, hey, Evansburg used to play Marathorpe quite a bit when I was a kid. Ian Mitchell joining us on <laughs> yeah. Inside Sports tonight. You played Spruce Grove Saints. You went University of Denver. Tell me a little bit about weighing that decision to go that route uh, instead of the Western Hockey League. That's uh, you know, it's one a lot of kids have to consider in this day and age. What did it boil down to for you? Uh, for me, I just thought uh, this route gave me more time and uh, gave me a little bit more power in my hands. Where you know, coming out, I I kind of get the the cards in my hands as as uh, you know, kind of when to sign or or that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I thought that growing up, that school was always very uh, emphasized in my house. My mom's always big on it, so uh, that was definitely another a big factor why I, I ended up cho- choosing Denver. And uh, so far, I think it's been a, a good decision for me. How do you find the, uh, the 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 pace? I mean, obviously you play fewer games than you would have in junior, but but you also have uh, the the schoolwork to balance, and you have to make sure that you keep up with all that stuff. How, how do you find balancing the school and the hockey? Honestly, not too bad. We we have a lot of support here with with tutors, and you know our coaches are very flexible. If so we need extra time to you know complete assignments or, or stuff like that, so. Uh, you know, it's it's honestly it's it's not too bad with uh, you know balancing the two. We have plenty of time to to get our stuff done, and also you know, you know focus on our hockey as well. So uh, it's a pretty good system that that we have going down here. I think in Denver, obviously, you know, well, I mean, a very, a very good hockey school. So I assume there's a lot of support for the program. And is that one of the more um, you know followed teams on campus in terms of the media coverage and the fan support you get? Yeah, actually, it's probably the biggest one. We don't have football here at Denver, so hockey's kind of the biggest thing. So it's definitely cool to 
to kind of be the, the top program on campus that, that everyone's kind of come to our games and, and talking about it during class. So, uh, you know, when we see other students. So it's definitely a cool environment to, to play hockey in where, you know, everyone's cheering for for you. And, uh, yeah, the kind of the, the attention's on you kind of around campus. So a little bit different than some other schools, but you know, it's pretty cool. All right. Tell everybody, I mean, we got to see at the World Juniors, obviously, but tell me a little bit about where you feel your game is at. I mean, uh, hey, you're, you know, you're still obviously a young guy. What's, where do you want to take your game? What, what parts of your game do you still want to work on? So, you know, whenever it comes down to the Chicago Blackhawks taking a long look at you, they're going to say, yep, you know, that's, that's what we need. What do you think, uh, where do you want to grow here? Uh, I think I want to grow uh, defensively, just kind of in, in my strength and ability to battle at the net front and, and box bigger players out. I think that's something that kind of has always kind of been my, my knock, I'd say. So uh, it's definitely something that I, I want to continue to work on. And I know that at the NHL level, it's those are some you know big guys that are that are not only big but also skilled too. So uh, it's it's definitely something that I need to improve on to to make the jump to the next level for sure. All right. Well, Ian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope we can talk again. Continued success with the University of Denver. You did a great job representing Canada at the World Juniors. Any, I'll end with this one. Any, uh, any former coach, teacher, mentor, relative in Callahoo you want to shout out to tonight? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. No one. I guess no one in particular. I guess just all the people kind of around the rink that uh, you know are helping out at tournaments and. Uh, yeah, just making my minor hockey experience uh, so special. So uh, I guess just like to say hi to all of Cal, who I guess. <laughs> there we go. Well said, Ian. That is Ian. Mitchell proudly from Callahoo, proudly played for Canada at the World Junior Tournament. We'll keep following him as he plays for Denver University and maybe one day for the Chicago Blackhawks. They have his draft rights. It is 747. You will meet this week's 630 Jet MVP when we get back. <laughs> This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, the 630 Chad MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. This athlete also gets featured Tuesdays on Global News. The MVP gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate somebody on 630Chad.com or email me inside sports at 630Chad.com. For this week's MVP, we go to the Ross Shepherd High basketball team and welcome Grayson Youngs to the show. Grayson, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for coming Thanks, on tonight. I, I guess Ross Shep just had a basketball game this evening. How did you do? Uh, it was a tough loss to JP. How close? Uh, it was close up until the last quarter, and then they blew us out. Okay, well, you're incredibly honest, Grayson, which is good. Now, are, are you are you two of the top teams in the city this year, or, or how is it shaking down? Uh, I think we'll be in the top three, yeah. Okay, so a good matchup. Well, thanks yeah. for checking in right after the game. Congratulations on being the 630 Chad uh, MVP. Is This is grade 12 for you? Yeah, this is my grade 12, yeah. All right, but uh, you've already been athlete of the year at your school in grade, in grade 10 and 11, so things have been clicking for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> where where does the athletic ability come from, Grayson? Uh, most likely my parents, my mom and dad, were both really athletic in college and university, so it helped a lot. All right. Well, and now your dad is your coach, is he not? Yeah, he is. Dare I ask how you you like playing for your dad? 
it's a lot of fun. It's <laughs> nice having him there. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, he he made he made sure he let me know this afternoon um, <laughs> that he was a better player at the same age. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, because your dad played U of A, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, was he? I'm trying to think. Was he MVP in Canada West Rookie of the Year? He won something. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Now, what what's that relationship like when you have a father who excelled in the same sport that that you play? It's it's pretty nice because he already has a lot of the contacts, so it kind of just helps me. And was basketball the sport of choice right from when you were a little guy? Yeah, it was. Right, okay, so you've been getting the, the advantage of some coaching ever ever since you were a young guy. What else do you play, Grayson? Uh, I play volleyball and handball. Handball. Now, that's a little uh, less traditional, shall we say. What do you like about that sport? Uh, I like that it's just something different for me to do other than basketball. Okay. Do you, do you have a favorite sport? Basketball. Okay. Uh, you're in grade 12. You're obviously excelling. Do you have opportunities to play post-secondary sports yeah i do have you committed anywhere yet no i have not okay <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that you're gonna have to tell me on this show when you decide tell me okay. a little bit about the trip to china you got to make in the spring uh so i went to china and got to represent canada and we played against team usa team lithuania and team china and it was just an awesome experience to play against some of the highest level players from each place. How do you feel the Canadian, you know, you guys as Canadians stacked up against some of those countries? Because especially American basketball, they have a reputation for not losing a lot. Yeah, it was, we stacked up pretty well, actually. There was a lot of close games and we won a couple. Okay, good stuff. Tell me a little bit about your game uh, in in basketball. Are you a get inside and bang and crash type of scorer, or are you more maybe of a shooter? I'm more of a shooter. Okay, so you play guard? Yeah, I do. All right, Uh, do you shoot a lot of threes? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you really shoot a lot of threes. Do you ever shoot a two? Maybe that's what I should have asked. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes, yeah. Who's who's, uh, Who's your favorite basketball player? Right now, probably Yanis. Okay, well, that's a good that's a good pick for sure. Uh, any guys in Edmonton that you look up to now, or or maybe mentored you in the past? Uh, Steve, sir, who uh, I believe still holds the NCAA record for career three point shooting percentage. I don't think yeah, anybody's yeah. passed him yet. I don't think so either. All right, good stuff. Well, Grayson, thanks for checking in after your game. I hope the rest of the season goes well. Congratulations on uh, being this week's 630 Chad MVP. We'll talk to you again, okay? Sounds good. Thank you very much. That is Grayson Young's checking in from the Ross Shep basketball team. That is courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. Again, you can nominate somebody by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com or you can email inside sports at 630Ched.com. Quick final check of the scoreboard. Not a busy night in the NHL. It is already 2 0 for the Flames leading the Avalanche. 12 minutes into the first period. After two, Nashville with a 3-2 lead in Chicago. Senators and Ducks coming up later tonight. 
We will have the Oilers and Panthers tomorrow evening, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. And don't forget, Bob Stoffer will help tee up the game as well. Oilers now from noon to 2. Besides Grayson Youngs, you heard from Ian Mitchell, Chad Rempel, and Randy Moeller. Thanks to everybody who called and texted as well. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Have a great night. She lays me down so low here under the stars. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.